0: This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Thank you very much to, to Mr. Top himself, Bob Aram, uh, for joining us just after Christmas. Uh, how was your Christmas, Bob? How did you spend it?
1: We were up in Aspen uh, with a lot of snow, but it was beautiful. And But uh, the air is very, very thin up there because it's uh, 8,000 or more feet above sea level. So it's, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's tough breathing, but uh, it's beautiful, beautiful place.
0: It's good to hear. So I'm sure you uh, managed to keep your mind off boxing for a few days.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, discuss top ranks here. How, how would you sum it up, uh, 2020 on for top rank, Bob?
1: I think it was a good year, very successful year. We were able to produce terrific uh, fights for both ESPN and Sky. Uh, and uh, I think we've got a good handle going forward uh, with some of our stars and the great young talent that we have uh, in top rank. Uh, so uh, I would give it a really good B-plus type of year. And uh, I think uh, the next year, uh, God willing,
0: will be better. You mentioned the... Uh the move with Sky Sports, obviously a massive change for us where Matram left Sky Sports and, and Boxer and yourselves in, in top rank jumped on ball with Sky. How important was that for you guys at top rank to, to get that deal done with Sky Sports? Because I know you value the UK market a lot, Bob.
1: Yeah, well, other than the United States, uh, which includes uh, Canada uh, within our footprint, uh, the next important market as far as boxing is concerned is the uk and now that we're established uh providing uh content uh for sky uh that helps uh give a complete roundness uh to our program we've already you know done extraordinarily well in japan uh and uh but the uk market has eluded us until we were able to make the deal with Sky.
0: Cool. So in terms of the US, what was the feedback like from ESPN about this year? About what? Like just just the year that Top Rank had, what was the the feedback from ESPN?
1: As far as ESPN is concerned, they're pretty transactional. So they don't look at it as a whole year. They look at it event by event. And uh, we received compliments uh, from uh, the top executives uh, pretty much throughout the year on the events that we were putting on. So I think uh, ESPN was very, very satisfied uh, with the product that we gave them.
0: Well, let's talk about some of the the major events that ESPN saw. Fury Wilder Free, many described it as one of the best fights not just in the heavyweight division, but just one of the best fights they've seen recently. How do you reflect on it, Bob?
1: Still get the tingles when I think of it. I mean, it's that fight was like the thing a movie, a producer uh, on a boxing movie uh, would think of doing. Guys going down, big guys going down, getting up, putting the other guy down. I mean, it was as exciting Of heavyweight fight as you could get. Uh, And, uh, uh, you know, and particularly since our guy won, it made it even better. But uh, that that certainly was a highlight
0: of the year. Definitely it was. And as we're on the theme of Tyson Fury, um, I spoke to his UK promoter, Frank Warren, a few days ago. Um, I'm sure you'd have seen his comments. As his US promoter, I'll get your thoughts on his comments as well. So, He said due to Dylan White's arbitration case that's going on uh, where there's a hearing in March, I believe Um, Tyson Fury is looking to fight in March, but with no WBC title on the line. Can you make any comment on that, please?
1: Well, it's unfortunate in the sense that Dylan White uh, could have that fight. And uh, there's no question, but that uh, we would do that fight. But I mean, there, Uh, in our view, very greedy with what they're asking. I mean, particularly in the age of the pandemic, where you don't really know what kind of spectators you can get, or like at the last Tyson Fury fight, where we did the event and we did a great gate, well, it would have been even bigger if we had the UK fans there which they they couldn't go because of the travel ban in the United States. So, I mean, we've offered them a big good deal, a purse deal, far more than they've ever uh, gotten in any fight uh, and that hasn't moved them. So, I mean, we've talked to the head of the uh, WBC, Mauricio Suleiman, and he said, look, it breaks my heart, but go find another opponent, uh, fight without the WBC title. And we're not going to take it away from you, uh, and, uh, go about your business. Uh, Dylan White really, and his people should come to the table and make the deal to fight Tyson Fury period. End of story. Uh, but, uh, uh that's not likely to happen. So they're going to play out the arbitration. Uh, And uh, Frank and I, Frank Warren and I are looking for another opponent to do a furious fight uh, in Manchester uh, or uh, in Las Vegas, depending on who the opponent is. So we're looking at uh, Andy Ruiz as a possibility, he's available, this big uh, Finnish kid who uh, looked very good in the semi wind up uh, on the fight, uh, on the, the Fury Wild of, uh, uh, card. Um, uh, helenius, yeah. big, big uh, Finnish uh, kid who, who can really fight. Uh, and those are the two principal guys. I guess if it's helenius we do it in, uh, in the UK. And if it was uh, uh, Ruiz, we do the fight in Las Vegas because uh, uh, Fury has endeared himself so much to the American fan base uh, that wherever I went uh, uh, this uh, uh, Christmas, uh, I was up in uh, Aspen and everybody was, Talking about Tyson Fury and what a character he is, and so uh, he's become a big draw card in the United States. Uh, and uh, uh, I'd love to uh, do his next fight in the United States. Uh, Frank uh, uh, wants to do a fight for him uh, in the UK, and you know I'm I'm all in with that. Uh, and Tyson, I think, prefers to do his next fight in uh, Manchester, uh, but I really think that uh, we're going to have to take a look at the whole situation. Uh, uh, with the the, the yeah. pandemic is the big uh, yes. is the big uh, actor here, and mm-hmm. and if um, uh, I hear you. if. Um, Uh, It continues. I know you've shut down uh, uh, all sports in the month of January, and that could continue to to February and March. Uh, And uh, if uh, that looks like it's going to happen, I think uh, we're not going to shut down in the United States, particularly not Nevada, which has a big tourist economy. And we're just pressing everybody to get vaccinated. Oh so God. if they catch COVID, that's it's like catching a cold if you're vaccinated. So, so let's, you know, I'll be talking to Frank right. uh, later this I week and Tyson, been, and we'll figure so out what we're going to be had doing. Them. I had them,
0: um, Sorry, Bob, so you're so just picking up in the background there. I think someone... Yeah, please. Lovey.
1: Then, yes. Lovey. <laughs> a Zoom call.
0: Yes. Okay, uh, Bob, just, just want to pick up some, some things you there said. So the picture I'm getting, it's either Hellenius in Manchester or Ruiz in Vegas are the main options at the moment, correct?
1: That is correct.
0: Okay. And in terms of Dylan White and his situation, obviously himself and Eddie Earn are asking for a, a 45% split. How do you think the arbitrator is going to see this, Bob?
1: I, you know, I again, I don't, I, I, you know, I believe that from what I know about the case, uh, that he doesn't have much of a case. And what he should do is now come to the table and work um, out a deal for the fight to happen. Uh, you know, on I'd Sunday. like that fight to happen. happen in the UK. Frank has a place think? in Cardiff that we can put it on. Uh, and, uh, you know, if he thinks he can win, which I assume he doesn't, but if he thinks he can win, let him win and become the WBC champion and stop crapping around uh, with the arbitration and uh, looking to push for the biggest dollar. Uh, you know, uh, Tyson is the big attraction. Nobody has heard in the United States of Dylan White, really. Uh, and uh, I think we've offered him a deal. Uh, of uh, uh, 25% with a guarantee uh, and uh, let him negotiate for that. But again, he says he wants uh, uh, eight figures, you know, over 10 million, which is like out of the question. I don't know what he's talking about.
0: Okay. Is it hard to, to negotiate in the moment, obviously though, because the WBC haven't determined the split. So is that a problem at the moment?
1: no the wbc you, you know would be talking about a 20 or twenty five percent for the challenger and 75 80 or 75 percent for the uh, uh, for the uh, for the champion but let him come to the table with a with an a, a normal you know type of negotiation not say that he wants uh eight figures.
0: And who would that deal be done with? Because we know Dylan White's a free agent. So are you asking Dylan's people to come directly to you?
1: Yeah, Tyson. I mean, uh, Todd has been talking uh, to a guy named Jay. Yeah. uh, And some representative in the United States. And I would look for them, you know, quit the crap and just let's sit down and have a Zoom call And see if we can put it together, because nobody wants litigation. You know, you know, just as soon fight Dylan White as Helenus or Andy Ruiz, and get it done. And if White thinks he can beat uh, Fury, then uh, you know nobody's asking him for any options or continuation. Then he's a free agent and the world champion. And then he can do a unification with the winner of uh, Usyk and Joshua. I mean, you know, but, uh, but I, I'm afraid they're looking at this as their last hurrah and they want to grab as much money as they can. Well, that makes it a tough negotiation.
0: And for that offer that you did send them, I believe you said it was a twenty five percent split. Did you hear anything back from them? Yeah, they want
1: ten million dollars. We want uh we want a, a you know to guarantee them five million or five and a half million dollars against the percentage, and they want they, they said you've got to start at eight million at eight. Uh, numbers. You got to start at 10 million, you know, and that probably is not enough for them. So they're just being greedy. And I mean, that's one thing that's really bad about boxing. Look at your purses that you've made throughout your, your career. Mm. I mean, this would be by far his biggest purse. We're prepared to pay it. Uh, and yet, you know, they're, they're just grinding it out. So we'll just have to fight. Tyson will just have to fight uh, for the Ring Magazine title. He'll save his sanction fee money. Uh, Hopefully, he'll be successful. Uh, And then uh, uh, Usyk and Joshua will will have fought and the winner will be out there and he'll go on to fight them with or without the WBC title. So, you know, the loser is going to be uh, without any question, uh, Dylan White.
0: Okay, just my last point on that um, from what you've just said. So at the moment, the situation seems obviously Fury is going to fight without the WBC, either in Vegas or uh, in Manchester against Ruiz or Hellenius. Are you then saying that you will skip the WBC mandatory with White and fight the winner of Usyk Joshua? Is that what you're saying?
1: Sure. I mean, that would again, it's up to Tyson Fury. He's the guy doing the fighting. But yeah, of course, that's what it'll do. I mean, you know, again, we love the BWBC. We love Mauricio Suleiman, a great guy, but business is business. And if it goes this length, you know, and even if they're successful in uh, in this uh, arbitration, arbitration, uh, What are they going to end up with? Fighting some non-entity on a title nobody's going to care about. He's still Dylan White. You know, Dylan White's not a big attraction. Tyson Fury is a huge attraction, just the way Joshua has been a huge attraction.
0: Okay, enough heavyweight talk. So uh, another event that I want to talk to you about that, was a, a big one for top rank was, of course, Terence Crawford and Sean Porter. Um, obviously, there was a bit of a, a situation after where Terence said that um, he won't be renewing with top rank. How is that relationship left now, Bob, with you and Terence?
1: He's, he's right. I mean, we've had a contract with him. He's lived up to his contract. We've lived up to our contract with him. Uh we got him the Porter fight, which is a big victory. And now he's a free agent and he's gonna look around for the best possible opportunity. Now, why should that be different in boxing than it is in any other sport? Hmm. In you know, a baseball player, a football player, when he's out of his contract is a free agent and he's looks to make the best deal possible. And everybody says, fine, that's natural. Well, as far as Terrence Crawford is concerned, it's natural. If we'll come up with the best deal, he's used to dealing with us, I'm sure it'll be acceptable to him. Mm -hmm. If, for example, we have him fight Josh Taylor, comes up, Josh Taylor comes up, and we make it, Advantageous economically uh, for uh, for uh, Crawford and Taylor, he'll go with that. Now, if somebody comes up with a Spence fight and they're offering him a lot of money, he'll go with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, people get sort of crazy. I mean, because in this era, it's long-term contracts, and then. Well, he's left you and so forth. No. He's, he's finished his contract. He's done his contract. He's, he's, he's earned what he was supposed to earn. Mm. And now he has to look for the best possible uh, deal uh, that's out there. I mean, that's the way it used to be. Mm. You know, going back to the 80s and 90s. Uh, particularly the 80s, where I would had all these great Leonard and Hearns and Hagler. Nobody had long-term contracts. And yet I did, of the nine fights that they had, seven of the nine. But without tying anybody to a particular contract other than the fight contract.
0: Hmm. We know Canelo's doing this at the moment, where he's a free agent and he's dictating to various promoters, but I feel like his situation is a bit different, you know. His fights, you know, are guaranteed to at least generate 700,000 buys, if not more. So, with someone like Terence Crawford, do you think he can dictate to promoters in the same fashion?
1: No, it's it, it, it's a little different from Terence. Terence is a great, great talent, but he's not a great draw. Although he did sell, we did sell out uh, the Mandalay Bay when he fought Porter, uh, but. You know, uh, Canelo has this tremendous Hispanic fan base, which is huge in the United States. And he's able to uh, draw uh, quite well. Mm -hmm. And what he is doing is not looking around shopping for another promoter. But if somebody comes to him with the opponent that he wants to fight, then he'll do it with that the, the promoter's opponent with certain uh restrictions. So you know the, he, he did a fight with uh, two fights with Eddie Hearn, then one fight with the uh, PBC and if he wants to fight um, uh, Peter or if uh, Joe Smith beats uh, uh, your kid uh, Johnson uh, yeah, that'll come to us. We have great relationship with him and mm-hmm. we'll make a deal with him. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's perfectly acceptable. You know, he's, he, I, I mean, I love Canelo. He's such a, he's a really good guy. Eddie Reynosa is a terrific trainer and, and they're my friends. But I understand what the business is and there's no reason for them to hook up with any promoter.
0: Let's talk about the light heavyweight division then. We've seen Arthur Betabiev recently with a fantastic win over Marcus Brown. Um, have there been conversations with Eddie Reynoso about potentially making that fight between Betabiev and Canelo?
1: There haven't been any real conversations. We it around about it, but no, again, no conversation. I think they might want to fight uh, Joe Smith. Okay. Ex- and then go to Better be of to unify the titles, I think. And they, they've sort of hinted at that. That's why this fight, January 15th, with Better B.F. and Callum Johnson is so important.
0: Do you think we could see a potential Better B.F. Be Bivol fight as well? We spoke to Bivol's guys about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, but really, that fight has really no pizzazz to it. Bivol is a a very good boxer sort of boring fighter and you know again people in the light will look at the light heavyweight division want to see shootouts like Bettebio's last fight with Brown Uh, like uh, uh, this upcoming Smith fight with Callum Johnson you know Bivol is an excellent boxer but uh, but he's sort of boring uh, to watch.
0: Well, you're right. Your, your first event uh, of 2022 is a shootout between Joe Smith Jr. and Callum Johnson. Um, Frank Warren's m- mentioned the possibility also of uh, Anthony Yard fighting the winner, obviously, if, if for yourself, if Joe Smith Jr. wins. Are you, you open to that? He's WBO number one now, Anthony Yard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yard is a good fighter. He put up a great fight with um, uh, Kovalev, uh, a while ago, uh, he won the fight in you know good fashion uh, with this uh, what's his name Linden, uh Linden. 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 Yeah. yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean you know you, you obviously from the standpoint of uh, uh, of Joe Smith, uh, he wants uh, the biggest fights out there. So, hey, number one, obviously, the holy grail is to fight Canelo. Uh, number two is probably from the fight, a unified fight with the better be off. And then third would be to fight Yarden. Mm. And it may be a better beoff uh, Smith fight may be too expensive given the demands of the fighters. And so, uh, Joe Smith, if he beats... Callum Johnson might very well, you know, want to fight uh, Yardy, which would be a good fight.
0: Definitely would. Let's talk about one of your favourites in Josh Taylor. So we know he's got his uh, upcoming defence of his undisputed titles in the UK. Now, we've got a a tricky situation in the UK. As you said, in January, there'll be no uh, fights on in January in the UK. The British Border Control have ruled that. His fight with Jack Cattrall's in February And that fight is very dependent on on having a crowd, obviously brings in massive uh, numbers with the Scottish fans, et cetera. So are we looking at a potential um, extension of this date, Bob, considering what's going on with COVID in the UK?
1: We don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, as a last resort, I would probably ask both of the guys to come to the States since the travel ban is no longer there. Uh, and do the fight in Las Vegas.
0: But obviously
1: the fight belongs where uh, it is in Glasgow. And I think it's we've sold out the arena. So, you know, but again, you know, uh, these uh, people who run things uh, in these various places have different views as far as the COVID is concerned. My view, as uh, uneducated as it might be, is that if we all get inoculated and we have the the booster, yeah, we'll get COVID. But, you know, so what? We're gonna have to live with COVID for the next hundred years, just the way we've been living with the flu since the Spanish flu in 1918. You know, I mean, Again, we're not going to be able to eradicate the flu completely, no matter how many vaccinations we have. But people who have been... I mean, look what happened at the Boxing Writers' Dinner in New York on December uh, uh, 9th. Uh, Some guy, unvaccinated, came in, uh, a writer, and... uh, he had COVID and he transmitted COVID to 50 or so of the people attending, which was 20% of the people there. Now of all the people that he uh, caught, uh, caught the COVID, all of them had been vaccinated, thank God. and while they got the COVID and got sick for a day or two, that was it. So we can't panic with this COVID anymore. We're going to have to live with it for the next 100 years.
0: Anyways, Bob, so um, I'm sure these these Scottish fans who are planning to attend Taylor Cattrall in Scotland wouldn't mind the trip to Vegas. So, yeah, that's a plan B. Yeah,
1: we'd love to have them. It's great for business yeah.
0: I'm sure the casinos won't mind.
1: I mean, yeah. What about the beer companies? (laughs) I never saw people communicate beer uh, the way Scots and uh, Irish do.
0: (laughs) Okay, Bob, just a couple of more things to to run through. So, uh, a disappointing night for Tia Fimo Lopez. I know it wasn't on your show, Uh, it was on Matrim's show uh, against George Cambosis Jr. So, what are the immediate plans for Tia?
1: I just spoke to Tio, he's still in New York, he hasn't gotten permission to travel because he apparently, which is again, uh, something that fighters have to avoid, he, 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 he didn't go about going getting down in weight the way he should have. He got dehydrated, he had problems with his lungs and the esophagus uh, and he almost died. Uh, so I've told him, uh, make sure you're okay. He thinks by the end of this week, before the new year, they'll give him permission to go back to Vegas. I'll meet with him and his father and no more 135 pounds and fight at
0: 140. Okay. Okay. Well, it'd be an interesting move for him to, to go to 140.
1: He has to. He has to. I mean, you. I, I hate I, the one thing I hate about the sport of boxing is is making weight, and people artificially, because they think it gives them an advantage, and it probably does. Fighting in a in a division which they really shouldn't be at; they should be in a, in a higher division. But everybody gets themselves down to to fight. In the lower division, because they then have a size advantage over their opponent.
0: Okay, well, Bob, Lomachenko, Comey was a, another great event for, for top rank, a fantastic uh, display from Vassal Lomachenko and Richard Comey, who showed great art in there. Um, right. Now, you have mentioned the possibility of Lomachenko fighting Cambosis Jr. as a WBO mandatory. Where are we with that, with a WBO?
1: Again, again. We have to get, get the COVID, <laughs> you know. Uh, right now there's no lockdown in Australia. That fight would be huge in Australia. And if we did it on a Sunday afternoon, it would be primetime Saturday night in the United States. A lot of money there on the fight. But if we can't come in go into Australia uh, because of the COVID. It's a non starter, pretty much. But so we'll have to see. I really think the Cambosa people have uh, the best intentions to fight Lomachenko. And Lomachenko would like to fight Cambosa and would love to fight him in Australia. Uh, So we'll see. You know, there nobody is being recalcitrant, it's just a question of. Uh, what is the effect of the COVID regulations?
0: Okay, okay. And uh, a final one to finish off. I'm going to bring it back to the heavyweight division. I think it's only right. Um, your rising prospect, uh, one of the best prospects in world boxing, obviously with you with yourself, uh, is Jared Anderson, uh, causing a lot of noise in the heavyweight division. A big 2022 for him, Bob?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the goods. And uh, he's such a nice young man. A lot of fun. I mean, he's what you want in a prospect. Uh, there's not a mean bone in his body until the bell rings to start the fight. Uh, and then when the fight's over, he's just the happy-go-lucky guy. I mean, what a great personality, great smile. I mean, he is he's the goods. And so hopefully uh, he'll be a real contender. Uh, by the end of next year. And Tyson Fury has already designated him as the next heavyweight champion.
0: Yeah, he has. And uh, Jared's mentioned the likes of Philip Hergovich and Daniel Dubois already. Yeah,
1: Uh, absolutely. Those are great fights. Yeah,
0: definitely would be. Well, listen, Bob Arum, congratulations on another brilliant year for Top Rank. Appreciate all the time you've given IFL TV this year. And I'm sure we're going to catch up soon a lot next year as well. Thank you. Thank you.
1: This is a big year for me. It turned ninety. You know that's a big number, and uh, but I want to wish you a very happy new year. And we'll talk on the other side.
0: Likewise, Bob. Uh, yeah, you got a nice little sing song uh, from someone special for your ninetieth birthday, didn't you? Yeah, wasn't that nice? <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> Bob Aaron, okay. thank you very much, and happy new year to you as well. Thank you. Thank You too.
2: Azabani for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast, is 2022 with me. Wouldn't be right to start off the year without speaking to the knowledge of self, Mr. Spencer Ferron. Spence, firstly, Happy New Year. How have the holiday seasons been? How's the family? Everything going well? Well,
3: Everything's been fantastic. Everything's been really, really good. Um, so, So, yeah got some bad news yesterday about one of my cousins passing away um in jamaica so my condolences to the ham family um yeah but apart from that you know we're not starting on a dampener um i'm i'm grateful to be here and even more so when you hear of so many people who are passing you gotta be grateful for life my friend
2: no absolutely absolutely condolences to your family and friends uh, yeah, so Um, Spence, um, we haven't actually caught up for a little while, so there's quite a few little hot topics going on at the moment or have been recently in boxing. I just want to start, firstly, uh, the board decided that there'll be no boxing in January. Uh, It was surprising to hear this for many people because, obviously, the government didn't ban any sporting events. The government, well, football continues, darts continues, everything continues, but boxing. So were you a bit surprised with Robert Smith's, um, obviously,
3: actions? No, um, I think safety is paramount and, and Robert Smith, he's the head of the, board of, a, of the board of control for a reason. So I can't really go against him saying there's going to be no boxing in, in January because there was no big major fights apart from we was going to get um, the U-man fight, um, but there were no real, real big fights. And I'm happy because um, February 11th, um, MTK, the ESPN Sports Show goes on at Bethnal Green York Hall, and I'm looking forward to see Sugar Shy do some more sweetness.
2: We, I remember a couple of months ago. Was it a couple of months was it November when Sugar yeah, Shy was, was out, and
3: you highly do you do rate him highly, don't you? I really do. Um, I, I really do rate the kid. I rate the kid a lot. I think a lot of people should tune into to him. Um, I'm very close to his dad, Marcus. I'm distantly related to his mother, uh, Mandy. They're from Gogglebox. So, yeah, I'm always going to scream that kid's name um, because sometimes you can scream things that people say you're just hyping because you know No, I'm hyping because this kid's real.
2: Spence, uh, as always, probably want to start off in the heavyweight division. Um, a lot happened. Anti Joshua took the loss to Alexander Usyk. Um, Tyson Fury then beats Deontay Wilder. The WBC then say that uh, it will give thirty days for Tyson Fury to negotiate a fight with Usyk. If he can't negotiate, then he will have to face his mandatory. Um, that 30-day then passed. We then heard Anti Joshua then talk about p- potential step-asides. And then while that talk is going on, all of a sudden it gets announced that Dylan White is finally the mandatory challenger for the WBC belt that Tyson Fury holds. Um, I was covering the Chisora-Parker fight week, and I said to Eddie Hearn, you know, how are these negotiations going? And he said, well, we haven't really started these negotiations because we don't know what the split is. So the question was, what is this split? Uh, Announced uh, last week by the WBC that the split is 80 in, 20 in Fury's favour. I just want you to get your thoughts uh, on their comments.
3: Um, usually 60 40, right? Uh, and especially like within a capacity of, of, of something like this, where Dylan White is the interim champion, I thought that was going to be taken into consideration. So Dylan White maybe was looking at a 55-45 split in Tyson Fury's favour. That's not happened. My heart goes out for Dylan because what else is Dylan White meant to do, right? But famously, if we flip the page back to 1992, Riddick Bowe should, after beating Amanda Holyfield for the Undisputed World title, should, have then defended against Lennox Lewis. Instead of him defending against Lennox Lewis, he throws away the WBC belt in the bin, a famous picture of him doing so when he came to London. And Lennox Lewis was then gifted the crown. I think Dylan White, being an interim champion, was maybe thinking, if Tyson Fury doesn't fight me, then I'll get gifted the crown, and then I could end up defending against it. And Joshua would be a mega fight. Elegy Andy Joshua might be taking a step aside money for Usy Tyson Sifu to end up fighting. It's all semantics, we don't know. But my heart goes out for Dylan White. But what happened at the time when Evander Holyfield lost his crown to Riddick Bowl? Riddick Bowl offered Lennox Lewis 10% 90 10 in Riddick Bowl's favour. That's what he offered to him. He said, this is on the table. I'm the A-side. Right. Take it or leave it. Right? Um, Lennox Lewis said, you must be thinking I'm an idiot. I'm not taking it. And Lennox Lewis, in his mind, thought, I would knock out Riddick Bowl. We saw famously a picture the other day of Lennox Lewis while he's doing his work on for, for Showtime. Um, you saw him and Riddick Ball with a picture. Riddick Boll then did the same thing to the Holyfield. Yeah, previously Van der Holyfield lost the title to, to Riddick Ball. did the same thing, said, All right, you want to challenge me for the world title? It's a 90-10 split, right? And Van der Holyfield just said, you know what? Being the word that he is, listen, I just want my titles back. And he took he took the 10%. And when he took the 10%, we you know famously the fan man comes into the ring at Van der Holyfield, then being trained by the late great Emmanuel Stewart gets a decision over Riddick Bowe to become a two-time heavyweight champion in the world. Moral of the story, sometimes you get dealt these bad cards, right? Um, But I wouldn't want it to be like what happened to him, I believe, when he turned down the Anthony Joshua fight, when he got offered the five million, but there were so many intangibles onto him, why he turned it down? But here, I reckon, with this now, it is. I, I think it's ghastly, especially about the amount of money that could be generated. But I do believe that Dylan should take it, simply because. And people think I'm crazy. Dylan White genuinely believes, in his hearts of hearts, not no tough talk or anything else, that he can beat Tyson Fury. Reason being, they sparred many rounds together. Reason being, um, he knows Tyson Fury. He wants that fight, badly wants that fight. So what I'm saying is this, if you so badly want it, then take the 20%. Just take it and do what you believe that you can do. Because a lot of people would think, oh, well, this is, it's like, um, trust me, Dylan White is live in that fight. He's live. Yes, Tyson 2 is going to be the favourite, but Dylan White is live in that fight. And sometimes, for the skullduggery, you should call the bluff on the t- skullduggery because I believe if Dylan, and this is no disrespect to any Joshua, I believe if Dylan White had fought the anti-Joshua that fought Ruiz the first fight, Dylan White would have beat that guy. So, sometimes you go wiping nose and take and, and play with the cards that dealt with you. I believe that you should take the fight. Because what's gonna happen is you wait so long to get your chance. Now you're gonna think like everything, you want every, every particular thing to be right. Dylan white knows there's loads of times that he's fought with injury, there's loads of times that he's fought where he's he, he's had mental issues and strains because certain family members have passed away, or certain family members have been ill, or this and that, or the rest of it. Sometimes you just gotta take it and say, so, all right, then this is what you're trying to do, just take it. Take it and and and, and and you know what I mean? And walk in your purpose. walking your
2: purpose, collide with your destiny. Spence, you, you, you mentioned there about a 60-40 split and then said that with Dylan being the interim champion, it should be 55-45 um, roughly around that mark. Um, yeah. Frank Warren did an interview with, with IFO and he said that they should be, we should take in consideration in their previous purses, in their previous fights, and kept alluding to Dylan White earning around 300000 in his last fight, and that's, we are giving him more than 300000 in terms of the 80-20 split, do you feel it was do you feel like, I'm going to put it as blunt as this, the fact that Dylan White has taken this down the court of arbitration and has said, listen, I'm going to do what's right to get justice, that the WBC have just granted what Bob Aram and Frank Warren have requested for in giving ties Fury the 8020.
3: Um, 20 number one is this. I don't believe Dylan White has earned 300,000 pounds for his last fight. That's number one. You know what I
1: mean?
3: I don't want to get into the business of it, but I don't believe that he earned it. You know what I mean? I don't care what they put that on paper, I don't believe that he earned that. Right? But let's not get into that. I'm not talking a man's business. That's number one. Number two is this. Um, It will be a massive fight in the UK. A massive fight in the UK. Right? And given it, it's like, yes, Tyson Fury is the A-side, but look at Dylan's resume. Look at his resume. Go look at the guys on his, look at that. Parker, um, Brown, when he was unbeaten. Uh, um, Revas, go look at his resume. You know what I mean Derrick Zora Up to up to now, no one knock out Derrick last Right? Just look at the man. Look at look at his resume. So I think off of that, there's something should be taken in consideration. Or maybe Dylan you know, like White's advisors, or or who's handling his business, to sit down with all and, and try to fresh out something because the fight means that that fight need to happen simply because he earned the right to fight for it he was wbc uh, number one contender for the longest time of deontay while wow, they had a crown he never got the shot you know what i mean just give the guy a shot
2: spence bob Aram has clearly said that tyson Fury is not going to wait around until march until his arbitration is completed or well commences rather we don't know when it's going to be actually be completed um and tyson will probably be in the ring with someone like helenius or uh, and andy ruiz Does Dylan continue to wait, or does Dylan take an interim fight to keep his mind active, to keep his body and soul intact? Because this could drag on for a while.
3: Uh, It will drag on for a while, but I don't know what. My heart goes out for Dylan White. Um, It does. It goes out for him. And that's that. Because what more is a man meant to do? And it just seems like... (sighs) The only time I was champion for the longest time, it didn't happen. He gets offered to fight anti-Joshua. Um, and he was he was nitpicking about the money and then I think it was like the options that they had on him after the fight, why he said, now nah, forget this. Dylan, Dylan has earned the right to behave like he's a boss because in his own, he's a boss. So if he has to sit down and, and, and wait even longer, then we don't know what's going to happen And my heart goes out for him, but I just want to, you're a fighter, fight, period. Would you be disappointed if it doesn't happen? I would be, because it would be great for British boxing. Um, I think it's a fight that... I mean, boxing right now is buzzing in. Heavyweight division buzzing. Um, but I think just for British boxing, to see two live-wire British heavyweights go at each other, who are in their relative peaks, go at each other, then that can only be a good thing, right? And we 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 have never we we have, we we ain't had that we ain't had that when guys were in their peak peak. We had Bruno versus Lennox Lewis for the WBC title in Cardiff, Wales. Um, but could could I put my hands up and say those guys were at their ultimate peak? No, they wasn't. There were I mean, one Bruno, even though he became world champion after that, was slightly past his peak. Um, but it was still a good Bruno. And Lennox Lewis was trying to find his peak. So no, but here we've got two guys at their peak.
2: Well, oh, we look forward to see what materializes over the next couple of weeks, couple of months, with regard to this. Um, Spencer, um, talking to think with the heavyweight division, Anthony Joshua. I know it was rumored. Is he going to get a new trainer? Is he going to go to America? Linked to all these different names. Um, he's been seen in Dubai training with uh, Anthony Wilson. Uh, I don't know too much about Anthony Wilson, if I'm really honest. But yeah, chill, sure chill, chill, probably
3: awesome people, man. Yeah, chill, chill. I'm gonna be one 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 hundred. Chill, he lives out there, trains at there. Chill Wilson's good people. I met him last year uh, when I was covering the ESPN fight um, with Carl Frampton's unfortunate um challenge for the WBL Super Featherweight Crown against Jamal Herrick. And I met Chill out there and we had good talk. Then it was nice, like him being American and that, but he knew who I was. And and we had a really, really good chat. And the guy knows his boxing. Um and it's mainly because like Andy Joshua, you can see, if there's anybody else trying to do what Andy Joshua's doing, it'll go underneath the radar. Andy Joshua's trying to find himself, but he's Andy Joshua, one of the biggest stars in sport. So, he's trying to find himself. Gone are the days, right? Gone are the days uh, when we could not be on social media. Gone are the days where, because everything's, you know I mean? I mean, people have make a cup of tea now, they're posting it. So that's that's gonna go viral. It's it's like Joshua. So he's in the gym trying to find himself, trying to, and and you know what? I don't think it's a bad thing, but I want you to realize that going on pads with somebody, and, it, and it's only when people who have trained fighters will really know going on a pad with somebody it is a very emotional and a spiritual thing, right? And not everybody can teach pads, right? You can teach combination, but you understand the purpose behind and the combinations. It's totally different, right? So there's only very few people that I've met throughout boxing that can do this, right? And it is a, it's a fundamental, but it's not an incremental thing. It's fundamental because it does teach you punch dexterity. It does teach you right. But when you go on the pads and Anthony Joshua is just trying to pick things now. He's trying to pick things. He's trying to pick things, you know what I mean? He's trying to say that people were trying to say that I was just upright, stiff British kind of guy. You know what I mean? People trying to say that I didn't have no rule of being on when I came to the box I couldn't really box sex. I couldn't do none of these kind of things. So he's going around, right? And styles are different, right? Culturally, styles are different. So Andy Josh has been around Eddie also Andy Josh has uh, been around uh, uh, Hunter. He's been around, uh, was it? When, he, when he's out in America recently. Who also was around when he's out. Uh, Ronnie Shields. Ronnie Shields. Ronnie Shields, good trainer, right? So he's been around, he's been around these guys. So all he's been trying to pick little pieces because he knows, like, he's been taught boxing mainly, probably mainly recently in the jungle, right? He's basically been around the European style of boxing, right? And it's not even a European style of boxing, but more the British style of boxing because you can't say that the... Um, Ukrainians have the same style as, as British fighters. They don't. Yeah, I mean, Eastern Europeans don't have the same style as, as authentic British style of boxing. Even though British style of boxing now is kind of splintering up to kind of being very Anglo-American. Reason why? Because the heroes that we watch have been American. And we'll steal bits from him. And so what he's doing is trying to pick up bits. There ain't nothing wrong with him. But I'm, I'm going to be real with you. As a trainer, but also as a guy that I reckon could hype up anthony joshua chill wilson can hype you up and oh trust me that guy you you have a conversation with that guy when you leave you fall 10 feet tall swear for god good good people but all he's doing is he's he's trying to pick bits i ain't knocking the guy for trying to pick bits man this is what anthony joshua should have done about five years ago right but the fear of the system now we got to keep him here don't need to listen to none of that so what happens your style becomes very authentic to British boxing, right? And then your scope of learning will be limited only to that. So I'm waiting for going out and try, let me just try other things. You know what I mean, is anybody complaining? Wait, the next thing. Is anybody complaining that Tyson Fury is based out in America right now? Or oh, you've got American training now. He's based out with the crooked guys in. He's being taught now by Sugar Hill. Anybody complaining about that? So nobody should be grudged, and Josh, for trying to find himself. He's trying to find himself mentally, spiritually, and fundamentally. He's out there trying to find himself. So we can't knock him. Down.
2: Spence he hasn't officially said that he has left Robert McCracken, and he may go. He may well go back to Robert McCracken. But
3: let, me, let me just be hyper. He ain't going back. Then. I don't believe so. If
2: he doesn't I mean, go back, Eddie's made it clear the rematch with Usyk is is April May. How much of a risk will it be to find this new trainer to learn this new? way of boxing, or or changing his style, or going back, whatever it is, to improve him, to beat Usset, how much more pressure is it going to be because he's going to align himself to someone brand new?
3: It is, but it's more to do with somebody connecting with you on the mental and emotional capacity. That's the real thing. I thought, Andy Joshua, right, we know that you're, you're, you're a gifted um, athlete, right? I think there's certain things fundamentally that needs to learn in boxing, right? <clears throat> but, you know, there's an old saying in Jamaica that you've got too many irons in the fire and none are getting hot. So maybe you could be going around trying to grab too much information too much. You know what I mean? Sometimes some of you gotta to stick to the basics and and stick to the basic, but have a, just have a different perspective on the outlook of what you're going to do. Can the anti-joshua do it? It's gonna be difficult in that time because Usyk's a G, let's call it as it is, right? But I truly believe it. Ali said, Rube, I'm just gonna have it with you, but be smart with it. I believe that it could come out victorious. We'll wait and
2: see. Um, Spence, Derek Chazora, as always, gives us entertaining fights, gave us another great entertaining fight against Joseph Parker. I didn't speak to you about the fight. I know we spoke off camera uh, on the phone and stuff, but um what a performance from Derek? Firstly, uh, and also congratulations to Joseph for winning the fight. But how much has Derek got left in him? You know, Eddie Hearn is, is talking about a Deontay
3: Wilder potential for Derek Chisora. Um Listen to me and listen to me, good. Uh, pugilistic dementia is very real in professional sports, right? Or oh, boxing. I've seen many guys who have been in hard fight after hard fight after hard fight and are now and those same guys are driving in their car not knowing how to get home. So, would I want to see Derek Zuzora continue to fight? As a person that's known Derek since he's been about 16 years old, no, I wouldn't. Right? But this is going to be the hypocrite in me. He may never, ever be um, the bride and always the bride right, but he's one of those bride that stand out right. Let's <laughs> be real, you know. What I mean, you know, when you go to a wedding, you see the bride, and oh, she's hot you'll have to get a number, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Derek not me, I'm married, right? But I'll say Derek Sadura may be in that position, but I remember doing an interview with you and Johnny Nelson about three years ago, when he gets knocked out by Dylan White. And I was saying, he's been a brilliant ambassador for boxing, but i like to see him call it a day. That was three years ago. Since within that, within that right, within that three, within those three years now, you know I mean? He's had hard fights. He had losses in those fights. And, and it's t- it has to take a toll on him. Has to take a toll on himself. But I think the thing with Derek Cazor is this, is like, and he's not a to Dave Corden, I'll tell you. Dave, he's the guy who coming early to the gym. He'll watch the young kids do their bits. You know what I mean? And then he'll do his bits. Then he'll stay afterwards to watch other guys in the camp spar. He's giving pointers. He absolutely loves the game. Right? But sometimes certain people need saving from themselves. But I'm saying I would like to, for him to have, like, one last closing fight. Yeah? One last closing fight. And if it happens to be Deontay Wilder, then let it be Deontay Wilder. Before I am saying that, nah, this is what they wouldn't get killed. But I was saying this about David Hick. when David Higg was managing Derek Zazora and he was getting ruled out to fight this guy, fight that guy, oh, he's fighting you now he's fighting I'm saying, well, wow, they want Derrick Zazora to die. But the thing about it is this, I think it was Andrew, it was Andrew Andy that said this in an Ali documentary. He said, like, nobody has a right to play god on anyone's career, right? And you don't. So, like I'm, but if something would still happen to Derek Zazora, Everybody you saying, "Go, Yo, Derek, you go do this, you go do that, how would you feel? Do you know what I mean? And I, and I want to tell you the next thing. All those people, all those fans sharing for you, all those people and the, the adulation, the attention, when it's done, it's done. No one don't give a damn. And this is the truth. They don't care. You know what I mean? If you end up walking on your heels, they don't care. You know what I I look at him now, nah. oh, I remember him. Nobody don't really feel sorry. They'll say, oh, you're really sorry. They for oh, yeah, I feel sorry. It lasts about two seconds. So I wouldn't want to see Darius hurt himself, but I, I know he doesn't want to give up. He doesn't want to stop fighting, and so if they could give him the right fights, the right fights, then he should continue. But I, but me personally, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. But me personally, I'd like to see him retire. I like you. I mean, you've done it all. you have trained for world titles. You know what I mean you've been a British European Commonwealth champion. You've Seriously, you have far uh, surpassed anything that many people didn't think that you were gonna go and, uh, go, go and do, and you actually you've actually done it. And like I'm seeing him fight now, and he is actually reminiscent of a fifties fight now, right? But punches take its toll, and I would just want to see him get hurt. He's got a beautiful family, beautiful misses. I just want to see him get hurt, and, and I know he's not gonna take no offense by me saying what I'm saying, but I'm saying it anyway.
2: Okay, well, Spence, before I let you go, just want to... Just a hypothetical question here. Fear the opportunity to see two fights of fighters, obviously, who are currently fighting, two fights that you would like to see this year to take place in any weight division, what would those two
3: fights be? Any weight division? Um, I would like to see... I'm going to be biased on this one as well. But I'd like to see... I'd like to see... Um, Maxi Hughes, who, as far as I'm concerned, is the <laughs> archetypal boxer. Forget that. In- the archetypal boxer. I would like to see Maxi Hughes in with any of the, the world champions. You know, he owes the IBO title, which is, is in, in comparison to my title. Right? I'd like to see him in with a Devin Haney. Uh, I'd like to see him in with a Tank. Or even a Campbell. So I'd like to see him in with one of those guys. Um, simply, simply just because... I've never seen someone say, I just want to fight. And technically, he is one of the most improved boxers in the country. Technically. Technically, I'd just like to look at the technique. And the technique that is demonstrated by him is absolutely phenomenal. So I'd like to see that. Yeah? Obviously. Obviously. Um, I would like to see an Undisputed Crown title fight. I would like to see a at, at heavyweight. So I would like to see an undisputed champion, whether it be Tyson Fury fighting Usyk, because I think they'll hold all the belts. I like to see that fight. You know what I mean? I still like to see Joshua Joshua in with Fury. I still like to see Dylan White in with Fury. So there's so many, like, which fight would you want to go see? But the one fight that it seems like there's a gap in the catalyst of skills right now, seems like there is a, there's a there's a girth, is Turtles Crawford versus Errol Spence. You know what I mean three years ago now everyone's going crazy, like, oh, we weren't too sure. Like, oh, but now it seems like Terence Crawford was so dominant in his display against Sean Porter that the gap has now widened. And since the car crash, Earl Spence hasn't seemingly looked the same. But I would still like those two to 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 fight for the simple fact that that would be for the 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 true undisputed um, waterweight crown and it'd be reminiscent of September um, 1981 Sugar Ray Leonard versus Tommy Hearns so that is why I would really like to see that fight but there's many fights I'd like to see but yeah um, that's the fight that I believe that should happen because that would be like a throwback to the 80s and we've had great (coughs) waterweight fights since um, Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns but I don't think the ones that we've had have really lived up to the living up in the unifications. But I think that one will. I really do. Okay,
2: Spence, always a pleasure catching up with you. It's so our first of 2022. I'm sure there'll be many, many more of, of these, hopefully more in person. Uh, we had a, we had one well, last month, I think, was it? Beginning yeah, of September. Yeah. Uh,
3: but yeah. Well, no doubt I'll see you on the 11th. Under your I'll call. be there. Um, I'm really looking forward to that show. And I want to say to everybody, I wish you all a prosperous 2022 because 2022 is actually for you. Grab this thing with two hands, you know what I mean? And, and, and live for the now. You know what I mean? Live for the now. Peace, two fingers, I'm out.
2: Spencer Ferron, IFL TV. Thank you very much.